Kirk takes the snap, looks right, fade left, end zone, and it is caught! Touchdown! Amazing decision by Kirk Cousins. He saw the all-out blitz. He knew he had Rudolph one-on-one with the corner. Rudy! And just threw the jump ball. Oh, what a beautiful throw. Bonjour, San Francisco, and au revoir, New Orleans Saints. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to this special playoff edition again of Under Center with Kirk Cousins. This in the wake of the Vikings' thrilling 26-20 overtime win in New Orleans on Sunday and now turning the page and getting ready to face the 49ers in San Francisco on Saturday afternoon. And Kirk Cousins, my goodness, I don't know where to begin. Uh, The general consensus going into this game was that Minnesota has no chance of winning. I'm watching the Fox pregame show, and it's one thing to pick the Saints. We understood that going in, but many of them picked them by 17 points. And it kind of came back to what Mike Zimmer said to you guys last week, the 53 guys in this room, that's all that really matters. And it really wasn't false bravado. What made you think you could win this football game? Well, it was a lot of things. First of all, we have a good football team. You know, when you look at our roster, there's a lot of good players and good coaches. Uh, So it starts with that. But um, then you look around your season and you realize anybody can play with anybody. I mean, it's any given Sunday. Um, The same, you know, you can blow out a team by 30 and you can lose that same team by 30. It's how you play on that that given day. Um, So we knew we had to go out and play and earn it. Uh, What I wasn't expecting was just how difficult it was going to be. Um, the the noise, the environment. I, after the first drive, I thought to myself, "This is going to be really difficult." The the I've played in the Superdome before in the regular season, but this is a different type of feels like an uphill battle in the playoffs. So, uh, just the way we were able to do it and hang on and make plays, I was really proud of our team. Well, I think and to echo what you're just saying in the opening drive, uh, unfortunately, Adam Thielen fumbled the ball on a play that really should have been a false start. If you look at mm. <laughs> looked at it on television, at least. Then New Orleans uh, didn't get the, get the touchdown. The defense did its job, holding them on the four-yard line, having to settle for a field goal. In the context of losing the fumble right away and then having the defense, what did it mean kind of overall to the rest of the game? Well, when your defense can hold them to a field goal, it gave us huge hope, uh, the fact that it was only three points. And um, uh, when you win the coin toss and we wanted the ball and then you mm-hmm, turn it mm-hmm. over, that is not how you want to start a playoff game on the road. But our defense stood up and gave us a chance, and then uh, we were able to get back in it with a field goal and just kind of keep trading blows. You notice uh, pretty much the whole season when, when teams uh, win the toss, they defer to the second half. Yeah. What was the thought process? You just wanted to get the ball, you felt comfortable, you wanted to take an early lead. I think it was respect for their offense, knowing mm-hmm. that we didn't want to get down 7 nothing early and be coming out of a, of a deficit before we even get the football. Um, so we felt the importance of trying to be on the attack and, uh, and get points early so that we felt like we were the ones that, that were up out ahead. But, uh, you know, certainly didn't work out as planned no. initially. Uh, getting Dalvin Cook back, uh, my goodness, uh, what a difference maker. We watched the Green Bay game and the run game struggled, and we know what a home run hitter he is and what a difference maker he is in setting up play action and everything else. And he seemed to be fresh, ready, motivated, and, and with the offensive line making a huge difference in your overall game plan. Well, we stayed committed to the run. I felt like we had a, a lot of rushing attempts. I don't know what the final number was, but it had to be above 35. And, uh, again, the score and the way the game played allowed us to do that in our field position. But um, when the runs were productive, it also gave us confidence that we could stick with it. I can't say enough how much being able to effectively, consistently run the football 
really sets the tone for our entire offense. Not just Dalvin, but Alexander Madison, who had also been out with yeah. an injury, came back and was fresh and, and had, gave you some nice spurt up the middle as well. Yeah, he's a great uh, compliment to <laughs> Dalvin because it's unrealistic to ask these guys on a 12-play drive to be in there for all 12. So it's nice for them to be able to get in and out of the game and for us as an offense to feel confidence no matter who's in there that we can run our entire playbook and don't have to hold anything back. You mentioned the crowd noise at the beginning of the game, which maybe even took you by surprise a little bit. The, 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 the sheer volume of it. There are a couple times, more than a couple times, he had a shot of you in the, on this field holding your hands over your helmet yeah, oh trying yeah. to get those signals in. Is it, is it that difficult to hear what Stefanski's trying to get in? Is that the issue? Yeah, I think it's the issue in many ways I noticed yesterday. First of all, the play call coming in from the sideline, there are many times where I couldn't quite make out the words he was saying, and so I was glad that we as quarterbacks had memorized the playbook basically the week leading up to the game because I had to know off of one word what the entire play might be. And so that was a big deal in my preparation to make sure I had memorized the plays as best I could. And then communicating in the huddle, you know, Rudy, the first play of the game, standing in his normal spot in the huddle, could not hear me. So the rest of the game, he took a knee in the middle of the huddle, which he never does, but he did it just because he needed to hear me. And we turn up the noise in our indoor facility as loud as it can go all week long, and it Mm -hmm. still was not the same as what it was in the game. Um, you know, so so many times then at the line of scrimmage, just false starts, and you're worried about different everybody being on the same page with the cadence if they can't hear me. And then even talking to the referee, trying to get understanding of where's the play clock at, and are you going to sure. run it again, and why did you not call that, and make sure you know they're not doing things they shouldn't. And I couldn't communicate with him because it was too loud to even have that conversation. So it made everything difficult. Is a play a long <clears throat> sent one sentence? Is it a a, sh- a series of numbers. I mean, yeah, I, I think of it as you know formation, motion or shift, mm-hmm. uh, protection or run call, and then what's the actual routes, and you kind of break it all down, and you try to memorize it by formation, motion, shift, play call. So if I hear just if I can pick up in the helmet just the the pass concept, I've got to be able to then fit what the motion or shift and what the formation is to that. That's part of playing this this position at quarterback is is it is a thinking man's game. You've got to really be on it and prepared and know the details. Otherwise, that's where the the penalties and just bad football starts to show up. Adam said after that fumble, and I think he learned it. I don't know if it was in college or in high school to flush that play away as is the term he yeah. used. And he came right back in the final two minutes of the half. You had a nice mix of the of the running game and the passing game to pass the field on a third and four. Uh, to the uh, the five yard line really set up uh, Dalvin Cook's touchdown there. Yeah, there were some big third down conversions, uh, many of them to Adam on on big plays that led to points. And uh, uh, I thought the Saints did a good job of mixing up their coverages. At times they were taking away Adam. At times they were taking away Stefan. At times they played it honest. And uh, you know we just tried to get our best players the football when mm-hmm. when it, it was possible. Midway through the third quarter, a 34-yard pass to Adam Thielen on a third and nine. I think they had a blitz package going on. I know you recall that play. Again, talking about Adam Thielen, watching him come back from that long uh, hamstring injury, you felt right away that he was 100%. You knew what to expect from him. Yeah, I felt he was the same Adam Thielen I've always played with. Um, When teams play tight man coverage, you need players who can separate versus man and get open. And not everybody can do that. It takes, you know, special receivers and tight ends. And that's why, you know, you have Adam Thielen. That's why you hear me talk about Stephon Diggs. That's why uh, Rudy's so important, why you draft Irv Smith, because you need people who can win versus man coverage. And both uh, that third down conversion on third and nine, and then also the big catch that Adam made in overtime, that's man coverage. And uh, you need people who can win. Speaking of Stephon Diggs, I think he had made his first catch. It was a uh, third and one at the 11. It was a nine-yard pass. But it was a tight window. 
get the ball. Maybe there's one where you thought maybe you could have run there because you had that opportunity, but you, had, you settled for the field goal. But uh, that was a huge play. It was. It was tight man coverage again. And, uh, you know, the, the the long pass to Adam and then obviously the touchdown pass that wins the game gets all the attention. But that's just not how I view the game. You know, I view the game as every play along the way mm-hmm. telling the story and leading to those final plays. And that third down conversion, if we don't – if Stefan doesn't win on the slant, if he doesn't make that play, we don't convert. We're punting. Every one of those plays is so important, and um, you know they can get forgotten when when you just kind of focus on the last play. Stefan was demonstrative for a brief time with the sidelines again, and the speculation was, "What's he go? What's going on? Is that just who he is?" And he has to. That's who he's an emotional player. Do the players understand that? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's emotional, and and uh, the passion and the fire also is a really good thing. You know, you're going to get his. Uh, he's got that dog in him in a good way. That, that you love to have, obviously, as a competitor and with that passion. When he feels he can help us win uh, and he's not getting that opportunity like he wants, then, yeah, he's going to show that emotion as well. Um, you know, we'll talk to him about and, – and to his credit, he's, he's a great listener too. You mm-hmm. know, he's not defiant, and, and he came over to me shortly after that and said, hey, you're good. I don't want you, you know, affecting your reads, trying to force the ball to me. You do what you got to do. You had a great seat from the sidelines when the offense was not on the field, watching what your defense was doing and frustrating Drew Brees, the Hall of Famer, and you know yeah. what a great, uh, incredible quarterback and career that Drew Brees has had. But watching both the, the defensive ends moving inside and pressuring him had to bring a lot of satisfaction because he, they made life a lot easier for your offense yesterday. They did. I just didn't think that um, as the game went on, if the Saints started to catch fire and got to 35 points or 40 points, that it was going to be a game that we wanted to be in and, and could, could, could hang. Uh, so the fact that they held them to 20, really held them to 17 for much mm-hmm. of the game, uh, made such a big difference. And then I can't say enough about Everson Griffin going with heads on the coin toss in overtime. Well, who, now, okay, let's just start with that discussion. Because we go to OT, it was 2020, they made the, the field goal at the end of the uh, regulation. Uh, does Everson make that call? I'm pretty sure it's Everson. Rudy may weigh in a little bit. Linval may weigh <laughs> in. But, uh, I didn't even go out there for the. I went out there for the pregame coin toss, <laughs> but the the overtime one. I just said they got it. I'm gonna warm up. You know, keep throwing and uh, get my mind right for overtime. So they handled it, and <laughs> and uh, I, you know, you hope that it doesn't all come down to a coin toss. But then you look back at it and you say, boy, that coin toss made a difference. Well, the NFL rules are the rules. Touchdown right. wins it. You don't want Drew Brees with a chance to win the football game in his home field. No, and even down there, once we got down on Adam's catch, I just felt like if we kick a field goal here and don't convert on third down, it's going to come down to a fourth down like it did in Dallas, like it did against the Broncos. And, boy, when you give Drew Brees four downs to try to convert, that's going to be tough sledding. So, so important that we were able to, to punch it in. Well, let's get right back to that the, the, the key play, the third and one on the 34, the completion to Diggs, uh, excuse me, for, uh, first and 10 on the 45, uh, on the 43-yard pass to Adam. First and 10 from the Saints, 45. Madison, the tailback, play action for Kirk from under center, straight drop. Kirk trying to win it to Thielen, caught at the five, and he stopped at the two. Cousins, Thielen, 42 on the Saints. First in gold, Vikings from the two. Yes, Kirk, well done. Were you happy that you got that call at that particular time? Was that something you anticipated? Well, it was a great call. Again, with the coverages that they had been mixing up, you know, there was a good chance it wasn't going to Adam. You know, when I broke the huddle, I thought, boy, I, you know, I don't know that this is going to get to Adam. This could probably have to be a check down or I'm going to get backside. But, um, 
you know, the nature of the way it played out, it, Adam was the throw. And, and again, he did a great job being able to win down the field, adjust to the football, make the catch. I would have loved for that to be a walk-off in and of itself, but we didn't quite make that happen. Landed two yards short and, uh, um, you know, protection holding up because that's a seven-step drop. I had time to kind of take a hitch and not not be under duress. And uh, um, just a great, great play, great call. And um, obviously that was a big moment to know, hey, we're down at the two first and goal. Now let's finish. And that was a great throw. It was a really great throw, and it put it right in a great position to win it. And yet the first two running plays didn't materialize the way you wanted to. Now you come down to third down. Take us into the huddle. Uh, what's going on? Third and goal at the four. And uh, what you saw, what uh, Kevin Stefanski seeing on the sidelines, and ultimately the call that led to the winning touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, it was a tough series because you're first and goal at the two, and we run the inside play. And Dalvin gets us down to the one, and so I'm thinking, boy, you know, one yard there, let's get another yard, and this game's over. And uh, and then we run the outside toss play, and we lost three. And I thought, oh man, now you know, th- big difference between third and a half yard on the half yard line, or third and four. There's a big difference. And um, but you know, the call came in, and uh, and the defense brought cover zero, all out blitz, and at that point. You know, it, the ball's got to get out. It's a matchup deal, and you just put it up for Rudy, and, and he's going to have to make the catch, keep his feet in bounds, finish the play, and he did it. It looked like for just a split second, the ball was just to your. Yeah, it was snapped, you know, I didn't talk off. to Garrett about that, but I need to put a bug in his ear. <laughs> I mean, of all the times you need a good snap, down on the goal line, third and four, cover zero. That would be the time. You know, I want to be able to grab the laces before mm-hmm. they. You know, because you bring cover zero, they're bringing one more than we can block. So, you know, when they you put a middle safety in the field, that safety is essentially the quarterback of the – you know, he's back there. But then when he blitzes, there's nobody for him. You know, he, he, is, he is the 11th guy for me. So I'm not blocking. So he's coming at me, and he's free. So um, I got to get the ball out quickly. And when the snap is a little right, I thought, oh, boy, it's going to be tough to get the laces and make a good throw. But I said, you know, I don't rush it. Stay composed. If uh, they get home, they get home. And uh, Rudy made a great play. Is it a short, it's a short pass, but is it one of the toughest passes as a quarterback you have to make knowing just the kind of loft you have to put in, not overthrowing it? You don't yeah. have a lot of room to operate there, Kirk. Yeah, it, it's a throw that can be challenging at times. Um, you work on it and work on it and work on it. You start to develop a feel for it. But so much of it comes down to who's the receiver. And uh, that's why you need to work on routes specifically with a receiver because a fade throw is different with each guy and how they want the ball thrown and how they adjust to the ball and what their skill set is. So I tried to throw the ball that is best for Rudy. And that may not be the best ball for Adam or Diggsy, but um, still when you try, it doesn't mean you will throw it. But I felt like that was the ball that he needed and then he made us right. One thing you've been consistent with, again, since game one, is how you trust Kyle Rudolph in the end zone. He's got the yeah. softest hands, the best hands ever played. So was there ever any doubt that he was going to come up with that football? Well, just what he had done against the Cowboys, it was a similar throw as the two-point conversion against the Cowboys where he's quote-unquote covered, but you know the ball goes up and go make a play. Um, and, and I just had a good feeling in his ability and what he had shown over and over again that he can go get that. And... Um, you know, you never know. A play get made, it's tough, but uh, but boy, he, he did exactly what you expect him to do, and a great job keeping his feet in as well. Any concern at all that the play might be reviewed, That uh, even on the field that moment? Uh, I know Mike Zimmer said he saw the refs leave, I left. <laughs> so, right. So, so I, I uh, uh, first of all, when, when you score and everything goes quiet, it throws you off a little bit because you're used to cheers or some kind of reaction, and yet it was so quiet. For a second, you're thinking, wait, what, what just happened? 
And um, I was nervous about his feet being in. Uh, but looked to the ref. He gave the touchdown signal. So my thought was game over. I didn't really see enough contact mm-hmm. to, to think that there was pass interference was even a conversation. Um, looked to our sideline. Our sideline was running on the field. And and then Chris Myers from Fox came over to say, hey, we're going to do the postgame interview. And somebody, I don't know who said to me, hey, there, maybe Jeff Anderson said, they're going to be reviewing it. Um, he hmm. may have pushed off uh, or they're going to check about his feet. So I thought, well, I, you know, I told Chris, hey, I can't do anything yet. And I said, I'm going to get my mind right in case we've got to keep going. So I went over to the bench and sat down. And I sat there for 10, 15 seconds, you know, talking to Clint Kubiak, quarterback's coach, just saying, hey, you know, what's the thought here? What do you think of the drive? And kind of looking down, I wasn't looking up. And Kevin Stefanski came over after, you know, what felt like a while, but it's probably only 15, 30 seconds and said, Kirk, we, uh, we, we won the game. And he walked away because he could tell I didn't realize we had won the game. So he felt the need to come over and tell me in his, in his, in his way. And so I looked up and basically it looked like a post-game scene with media all over the field. And I thought, well, I guess we did. So at that point, took the field and felt a huge what, sigh of relief. Was a, what a weird delayed reaction. Yeah, it, you know, and it's just the way it's a, been nowadays with uh, the chance to go to New York and review things. It's hard to really feel like the game's over. I remember when we beat Denver. I stood on the sideline for a few seconds because I just didn't believe we had won because I was expecting a pass interference call or a need to review it or a challenge or something. And so I didn't want to get my hopes up, and it was the same way yesterday. It really took another two minutes and Mm -hmm. our offensive coordinator needing to physically tell me we won the game for me to believe it. We love labels on anything in life that we associate with, Uh, and a lot of people are saying that this is a career-defining victory for you. Do you feel that way? The short answer would be I don't. I will acknowledge that winning a playoff game is a big step in the life of a pro quarterback, okay? That was a big step yesterday. But to to talk about defining things, look, the definition will be played out over hopefully the next several years, and it has been played out over the last several years. And uh, no one game, no one throw defines you. It's a body of work over the long haul, and I've always played for the long game. Mm -hmm. You play for the long game, and by doing that, I believe you have staying power. And when you play for one game to be your defining moment, you're a flash in the pan. And you're the guy who's on the cover of this this week, and two years later they say, what happened to that guy? I don't want to be that guy. I want to be a guy who people say, boy, we look back at a, at a, a, um, a decade of an era of production and success and, and, and a contribution to this team and this community, and uh, I don't want to be a guy who was a flash in the pan and then was, you know, disappeared. Well said. Uh, in terms of your celebration, it had to be delayed on the field, but it certainly was pure elation in the locker room after the game as we take a <laughs> listen to us, starting with your, your head coach. That's a hell of a one. You guys, you guys fought your off today, okay? Now, one thing we got to remember, right? The last time we won a game in the playoffs, at the last second, we didn't play very good the next week. So when we come back on um, Tuesday, we have to be ready to work, right? Um, number eight.
Uh, it's still a lot of kid to you, isn't it? Doesn't it yeah. feel that way? Well, we talk about the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. That right there is the highest of highs. Yeah. I mean, when you're working in OTAs, training camp, you're grinding through the season. Uh, you know, when you look back for years, you say that was a special moment. That was why you work. That's why you train. Um, when it's hard fought, it means so much more. And um, just great to hear the voices of all those teammates who are cheering on one another. You know, what a, what a great testament to the, to the team and the group. All right, Kurt, great stuff. We'll be right back to preview the San Francisco 49ers playoff game right after this. This just in, you have another football game to play. You'll be underdogs again, the seven-point underdogs at San Francisco on Saturday. got to turn the page. Proverbial short week. You go back, uh, today's Tuesday now, and the show is airing, so you're back working today. And uh, how does that process begin again, mentally, physically, kind of getting ready for now the next biggest game of the Minnesota Vikings? Yes, they don't get any easier from here. I think that's where routine helps you. You stick to your routine and your process, and so I go right back to how I would normally prepare for any opponent and trust that process through the week so that by the time I get to Saturday, I, I feel good about what I've done and know that I'm ready, um, but a really good football team. I mean, they went 13-3 and three for a reason. They, they are the number one seed for a reason. Um, even in their three losses, as I was looking back, I believe it was an overtime loss. The loss to the Falcons was on the last play of the game. Uh, and then I believe did they lose the Ravens, who are one of the better teams in football. So I think they did, yeah. So really, really uh, good team. And, um, uh, you know, they went down to New Orleans and won as well this season. So... Um, I think it starts with their defense, their pass rush, um, the front four they have, really well coached. You know, we, we got a tough opponent, but that's the playoffs, right? I mean, that's when you play long enough and play well enough, you're going to run into the best of the best, and um, you get a chance to measure yourself up against them. You know what? Too many people patting you on the back all week, and you're trying yeah, to deal with the media we got to guard and, against that. Yeah. I feel that, uh, that after a big win, just like after a loss, everyone wants to tell you how terrible you are and how clueless you are. The overreaction <laughs> also occurs with winning. And everybody telling you how great you are and everybody saying that, uh, you know, great job. And it can just cause you to let your guard down. It, you know, human nature would be to start to believe it and say, I am pretty good. We are pretty good. You just cannot do that. When you think about going on the road against the number one seed, a proven team who's won big games this year, um, man, we have to keep our, our guard on. We have to be on edge. That's our best chances if we are able to hold that you know, sense of urgency. Well, I know you're a basketball fan, and right now you have a chance to win on Saturday and be part of a Final Four, if you want to look Amen. at it that way. Amen. Right? Get to uh, get to the Final Four in the NFL would be, that's a major accomplishment, and I know they did it here in 2017, and that's no small feat, so we're going to try to get there again. Kirk, congratulations on a great win, and uh, look forward to seeing you pull home, pull, bring home another one on Saturday in San Francisco. Thanks, Rosie. Appreciate you. All right. You've been listening to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Thanks for listening, everyone.